0: Welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry. Jesus once told Satan that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We invite you to study the scriptures with us to learn about the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our pastor is Mr. Jeremy Visser from Brooks, Georgia. You can contact us with your questions and comments at covenantpeoplesministry.org or simply write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. If you desire, you can also follow us on YouTube and Twitter. We would like to hear from you and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that his will will continue to reign upon us all. Once again, welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry and here is Pastor Visser with our next Bible study.
1: Hello again, friends. Thank you for joining me, Pastor Visser, for yet another look at one of Yahshua's parables. Today we're going to be taking a look at the parable of the seed, also known as the parable of the growing seed. Because after all, the kingdom of Yahweh God and the Christian movement are equated to just that, something that moves. And so when looking at the parable of the seed, I first want to begin by looking at the gospel of Thomas, because it's here in the 21st statement that Thomas' version of the parable of the seed appears. For example, in the uncanonized gospel of Thomas, beginning in verse 21, we read, Mary asked Jesus, who are your disciples like? He replied, They are like little children in a field that does not belong to them. When the field's owners come, they will say, Give our field back. They will strip naked in the owner's presence and give it back, returning their field to them. Now, we know of Mary because there are three different Marys within the New Testament. There is Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Yahshua, And also married Lazarus. But here, we do not know what Mary this is. But Thomas says that Mary came and asked Yahshua. So, while we begin this, understand that this is a simple question. From a woman to our Redeemer. What are your disciples like? Notice that almost every single parable that Yahshua spoke, he would say that the kingdom of Yahweh God, or The kingdom of the Father is equated to this. In fact, right before this 21st statement, the disciple said to Jesus, tell us what the kingdom of heaven is like. He replied, it is like a mustard seed, the smallest of all. However, when it falls into worked ground, it sends out a large stem and it becomes shelter for the birds of heaven. Now, I took you there because I want you to understand that this parable of the seed is linked to the parable of the mustard seed, even though they are different. The parable of the mustard seed is found technically two times, and they vary in their interpretation. One equates to having faith. The other equates to a kingdom and or a movement or a people that grows. And so that's exactly what we're dealing with here. When Mary asked Yahshua, What are your disciples like? He replied, They are like little children in a field that does not belong to them. Now, oftentimes, perhaps in life, you feel like this world does not belong to you, that you are not part of this world. And I want you to understand that that is spiritually correct. We are to be in this world, but not of the world. And therefore, when Yahshua is asked, What are your disciples like? Or anybody who is disciplined in the ways of your teaching, Yahshua. He replies, They are like little children in a field that does not belong to them. Now, if you recall, in Matthew chapter 13, in the parable of the tears and the wheat, Yahshua explains that the field is the world. Meaning that this world is not our home. We are looking to another reward and therefore when the fields owners come back they will say to the israelites give us our field back and they will strip naked in the owners presence and give it back returning their field to them meaning that the disciples are those who are striving to obtain eden and or paradise Perhaps in times past, you've heard me preach on the concept of God's will being done on earth, or God's law being enforced down here in this particular kingdom that we find ourselves in. Well, here we find it is no different. They will strip naked, that is in judgment, in the owner's presence and give it back, returning their field to them. Meaning that you and I also are stewards That Yahweh owns the earth, correct? The earth is Yahweh's footstool. And when He returns, we as stewards must give that field back to our King, because it is His dominion. And not only that, we will be stripped naked in the quote-unquote owner's presence. That is in the presence of Yahweh God. Just as it was for Adam and Eve in the cool of the day before the original sin. Do you understand the analogy? When Adam and Eve walked with Yahweh God, when they were intimate with Him, when they knew Him personally, they were naked and not ashamed. But what happened after that original sin commenced? Well, the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So in short, the disciples are those who are striving to obtain Yahweh's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And in judgment are they who understand they own nothing. Rather, they are stewards. They are here to take up space and pay a fee. Now, you have two options, God or mammon. You can pay your tithe or you can pay your dues to Yahweh, which in my book is the only smart and logical answer. Or you can delude yourself into thinking, hey, I own my home, I own my car, I own my job or this business. And then when you die, you'll find out how much of that you truly, truly own. Back here in the Gospel of Thomas, notice that after Yahshua says all of these things, that they, or the disciples, will strip naked in the owner's presence, or Yahweh's presence, and give back the world that it was entrusted to Ahadam in the very beginning, he also continues to say, Therefore, I say, Yahshua speaking, If a householder knows a thief is coming, he will keep watch and not let him break into his house of the kingdom and steal his goods. Understand this on two levels. Right on its face, common sense dictates that if you do not lock up your home, lock your car, or secure those things that you own, a thief or a strong man can come in and take those goods, correct? Therefore, we need to protect the kingdom of Yahweh God. The field, if you will, and that is what we are here for. Now, granted, we live in an era now where the governments of men have made it almost impossible to stand up for the enforcement of Yahweh's law on earth. And of course, this is made confoundedly worse when the Judeo-Christian preachers come in and say, hey, the law is done away with and espouse their antinomian belief. But Yahshua says straightforward that a householder, if he knows that a thief is coming, he's going to keep watch. He's not going to be found sleeping or slacking or not paying attention. Therefore, when Mary comes to Yahshua and says, what are your disciples like? He says this, first and foremost. He says they're strangers and pilgrims, just as the Israelites of the Old Testament are. Correct? That in the presence of the owner who owns the field or the proverbial world, they're going to give all that back. Secondly, the disciples are equated to those who are watchmen. Watchmen on the wall, if you will. He says, if a householder or one of those same stewards, because after all, the context is the kingdom, if that same householder knows that a thief is coming, he'll keep watch and not let that thief break into his house of the kingdom. Remember that Joshua says, store for yourself up treasure in heaven where moth and dust does not come in and corrupt but the way of man is to store up their toys down here. And then when they die, those toys are dispersed abroad to everybody else. Because they can't not see the spirit. All they know is the flesh. These particular people, when you ask them, hey, how is it that you got remarried, will simply say, well, my vow is till death do I part. Meaning they only see the flesh. And therefore, they think that they can run back out and remarry. And I use this as an analogy because we, as the Israelite people, as the vineyard itself, are supposed to be married to Yahweh God. But yet Paul and Peter and many of the New Testament apostles wrote that men prefer darkness, that the Israelites prefer the lie over the truth. If a householder knows the thief is coming, he's going to stay up. He's going to keep watch and he's not going to let him break into his house. Therefore, Yahshua continues, you must keep watch against the world, preparing yourselves with power so that thieves will not find any way to come upon you. The situation you are expecting will come. Let a person who understands be with you. After the grain is ripened, he quickly came, carrying his sickle, And he harvested it. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, that is the entire 21st statement of Thomas that is attributed to Jesus Christ in the sayings of the Gospel of Thomas. And notice that Yahshua tells us that we must keep watch against the world so that thieves will not find a way to come in and to take that quote unquote proverbial seed. And of course, that is the context of what we're discussing here. So, if you will, put your finger in the fourth chapter of Mark. That is the Gospel according to Mark. The fourth chapter, and you're going to see that Joshua teaches very similar to what is said here in the Gospel of Thomas. Joshua says the situation that you are expecting, meaning the great and terrible day of Yahweh God, in short, God's kingdom on earth will come. He says, the situation you're expecting will come. Therefore, let a person who has understanding be with you. Remember that Yahweh God says, I will raise up pastors according to my own heart that will feed you with what? Knowledge and understanding. And thus, that is my opinion, Yahshua would say. If you go somewhere, go somewhere with somebody who possesses the ability to understand. Notice, let a person who understands be with you. Because in Matthew chapter 13, Yahshua says, many people hear but don't hear in reality. They see but don't see in reality. A polite way of saying they come in and they delude themselves into thinking they understand these parables. The parable is, the disciples of Yahshua are like children in a field that do not belong to them. Therefore, as you walk throughout life, you should be able to mark those that are called of Yahweh God because this is not their home. And these men and women who glory in the flesh and glory in the things of the world, they are simply owned by the lawless one. Also notice that he says, after the grain is ripened, where within that same field or world, that wheat company, when that wheat actually comes to full harvest, God, or Yahweh, will quickly come carrying a sickle and harvest it, in line with the parable of the tares and the wheat, where Yahshua explains that at the end of this eon, at the end of this era, Yahweh, not you, Israelite man, woman, or child, Yahweh will send forth His angels, and they will gather from all directions those things that offend. And so, without further ado... The parable of the seed, as it appears one time within the canonized, authorized Bible, appears in the fourth chapter of Mark, beginning in verse 26. We read as such. He said, Yahshua speaking, So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground, and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, and he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn of the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest has come. So the parable of the seed is this, that the kingdom of God if, like a man, that should cast seed into the ground. Now this should unlock particular parts of other parables.
0: Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry broadcast. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship, or receive quarterly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visser's CD sermons, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256 Brooks, Georgia 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.net where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts or you can easily listen to Pastor Visser by GodCast through your mobile audio device. Our sermons and videos are made possible by your tithes and offerings. If you wish to support this ministry, make checks or money orders payable to Covenant People's Ministry. Your donations help us to reach the lost sheep of the house of Israel, wherever they may be found. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all, and is in all that have been renewed in His Holy Spirit, so we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life and help to build His church, so that when He returns, you will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply His words to your lives. It has been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message.
1: I'd like to begin our look at the parable of the pearl with a story, if you will. And this is an interesting story because throughout the years in my ministerial career, there have been at least four close calls to where yours truly, Pastor Visser, almost went off the internet. Of course, the biggest and the most major of all of these events happened in April of 2014. And it was about this time that I started receiving emails from my flock of people saying that there was a difference and a change within my preaching. Albeit, I hope that is for the better. But something specifically happened. And it was something that I have not addressed and I intend to in the future explain what me and my family went through in April of 2014. But over the years, there have been several times where I have come close to coming off of the Internet, at least me personally, not my website. And, needless to say, last week was one of those weeks where we came so close to actually being off the Internet that I made an announcement in the Covenant People's Forums explaining to people that I may not be with them, that there would be no further releases coming, that is, until March. And ironically, it was that very day, that same afternoon that I went to my post office and I checked it, and lo and behold, was the exact amount that we were short. So needless to say, I was filled with emotion, weird emotions, because I, over the years, have become calloused, if you will. I've developed a hard exterior. And that's what we're going to be discussing tonight in our parable of the pearl, by extension. But it's easy for us, as the faithful, to take what people say with a grain of salt. And I have been told thousands of times throughout the years, oh, I'm going to write a check, I'm going to send a tithe, I'm going to make a forum post... And men and women seemingly never get around to keeping their word. But not so with my friend from Ohio. And so, it is because of him and his family that I am still with you. And will continue to be with you, having been brought up. What's the moral of this story? The story is that oftentimes, while we have faith within Yahweh God, especially us who are teachers and pastors, we often overlook the faithfulness of the flock. We know Yahweh God will always deliver. But out of a thousand men or women who say they'll do something, very rarely do they. And so, you may have heard me in times past say, while I'll always love Yahweh God, I have yet to understand His people. The moral of the story is I personally need to learn to have more faith within God's flock, His people. Why? Because we tend to think they have no virtue. And that, dear friends, is exactly what we're going to be discussing here in the parable of the pearl. But before we get to that, let me discuss another precious gemstone. And that, of course, is a ruby. Because we read in Proverbs chapter 31, beginning in verse 10, For whoso can find a virtuous woman, for her price is far above rubies. We tend to take that as men and say, well, there you go. A virtuous woman is rare, but so it stands with virtuous men. I want you to understand that as we go on. The fact that a virtuous woman's price is far above rubies does not mean that men have virtue any more so than women. And So, in discussing this particular parable of the pearl, we need to go to Matthew, once again, chapter 13. And if you were with me last Wednesday, you'll know that I preached from this in the parable of the tares and the wheat. Why? Because there are numerous parables here in Matthew chapter 13. But the interesting thing in dealing with the parable of the pearl is that in Matthew, Yahshua Messiah does not give an explanation of His parable. However, in the Gnostic Gospel of Thomas, He does. And so we're going to begin this evening in Matthew chapter 13. Beginning in verse 45, we can read, Yahshua speaking, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Quite an interesting parable, is it not? It's very short, and it can be taken at face value. Yahshua wants you to understand that the kingdom of Yahweh God, or the kingdom of heaven, is likened unto a merchant man. And this same merchant man, or we could just say businessman, was seeking goodly pearls. Why? Because they are of high value. They are of a great price, are they not? So Yahshua would say, here, in this 18th New Testament prophecy, to be found within the gospel of Mark, that the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant. Here we have the ecclesia or the body of Christ in the kingdom or realm of profession. This is their phase, if you will. The man, the seeking, the finding, and the purchase price are the same as in the points that are made above it. And you know there are many parables within chapter thirteen. Parable of the sower, the parable of the tares and the wheat, the parable of the mustard seed which is why I began tonight's particular study with a story. It is Joshua who says if we had the faith of a mustard seed, or a grain of mustard seed, well, we could move mountains, could we not? So my point is, do not second-guess God. The kingdom of heaven is equated to this. So, we could say the kingdom of heaven is just like this, and it is just like a man, a merchant, A man who is accustomed to making business, buying low and selling high. And he's seeking goodly pearls. But notice that when this same man finds one pearl, he's looking for many pearls, many goodly pearls, meaning plural. But he only finds one pearl, singular. And when he finds that one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. So what can we learn from this? That the kingdom of heaven is just like this, correct? And when we have a chance to obtain a part of that kingdom, we will sacrifice everything else to go after it, correct? After all, here in chapter 13, Christ gives his parable of the lost sheep. And he says, no man having a hundred sheep won't leave 99 to go after the one.
0: Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry broadcast. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship or receive quarterly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visser's CD sermons, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.net where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts Or you can easily listen to Pastor Visser by GodCast through your mobile audio device. Our sermons and videos are made possible by your tithes and offerings. If you wish to support this ministry, make checks or money orders payable to Covenant People's Ministry. Your donations help us to reach the lost sheep of the house of Israel, wherever they may be found. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all, and is in all that have been renewed in His Holy Spirit. So we hope that you will allow him to lead your life and help to build his church so that when he returns, he will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply his words to your lives. It has been a pleasure to have you with us and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message.
1: Now this should unlock particular parts of other parables. Because, for example, for example, In the parable of the tares and the wheat, we learn that Yahweh God is a good man, and he casts seed into the ground. We're instructed later in the New Testament that every tree that Yahweh God hath not planted shall be rooted up. And so, Yahshua says, in the very beginning, the kingdom of God was like the Garden of Eden, or paradise, if you will, where Yahweh God formed one man of the dust of the ground, correct? His seed. Adam being a son of God, just in the like manner of Yahshua, and Satan, and Job, and all those others that are listed as sons and daughters of Yahweh God. So, if we are the sons and daughters of Yahweh God, we are that seed that Yahweh God, the proverbial man, cast into the ground and or world. We are chosen for a purpose. The most obvious of that is to be disciplined, or to be disciples. Which is why in the Gospel of Thomas, he says, My disciples are like this. Here, in the Gospel according to Mark, he says the kingdom of God is like my disciples. So what we can deduct from this is that the kingdom of Yahweh God is comprised of Yahshua's disciples. A polite way of saying, the seed of Yahweh. And... Just like in the parable of the wicked husband, men, when that man should sleep or be on an extended vacation or rise night and day, no matter what he does, the process of those things that are natural are fully automated. You understand what I'm saying? Because this ties perfectly in here. For example, for the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. This word fruit is automate in the Greek. A polite way of saying that the earth, Yahweh God created, brings forth fruit automatically, not requiring a man to till it. Thus is the curse of Adam. And perhaps if time allows, I'll bring a study on that. The specific curse that was placed upon Adam's head. Notice in St. Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 26. So is the kingdom of God, as if a man. Meaning that what he spoke before is equated to what he says here. And he said, so is the kingdom of God. So what is the kingdom of God? You'd have to go to the parable of the candle, which you know as well as I do. We covered about six to eight weeks ago. And all of these parables unlock each other. He said, So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground. And most assuredly, Yahweh God hath done that. Given us the right to be a holy priesthood, to be called and considered the sons of Yahweh God. Correct? And should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up. And he doesn't know how. And that, in a nutshell, is you and I. We do not understand the intricacies of childbirth. We do not understand how a seed grows in nature and ultimately becomes the mighty oak. We just know that it happens and we have an idea through science and their long-winded explanations of the natural realm. But Yahweh God is supernatural. Man only understands those things that are natural. They can't understand the supernatural. Thus, all the things that we go through day to day, from the sun rising to the sun setting to the wind blowing, and from the fruit and or proverbial works coming in, in their due season, are fully automated by Yahweh God. Therefore, man cannot control this. So men are going to be worried about the Jew coming in and controlling the weather. And screwing up the ecosystem and the ozone, etc. The reality of it is, is we cannot destroy God's green earth. We may be able to blow ourselves up in the process, but I assure you God's green earth will heal over and continue to live. Man cannot destroy God, nor can they destroy the kingdom. That is why the kingdom of Yahweh God is equated to a seed. A seed is meant to go into the field and or world, correct, and grow, expand. Not sit dormant not live in upwards of 70 years in front of a television and die a pointless death, leaving nothing behind and making no difference. You understand the analogy of what I'm saying? Many people go through this life and they slam their head against the wall proverbially time and time and time again. And this is Yahweh's way of waking people up, chastising them, correct? Whom Yahweh God loves, he will chastise. But yet, oftentimes, men and women do not do what they should, and that is self-adjust, repent, and do right by Yahweh God. Rather, they will curse Yahweh God or ignore Him, and they will sit back and never even understand, hey, that near-death experience I had was because my time is limited, and I better do right before I leave the field, the world, and I better do what Yahweh's will is, not what man's will is. And therefore, the kingdom of Yahweh God, once again, like all of the parables, is differentiated from those who serve mammon and those who truly love God. However, in the parable of the wheat or this parable of the seed, those that are disciplined and those who are considered the disciples of Yahshua are not of this world. Therefore, everything Yahweh God does for us is fully automated so understand that the way of man is to worry oh my god it might rain today the way of the Christian however is to say whatever may come whatever may come whatever challenge Yahweh God has for you rise to it or else you are simply not fit for the kingdom why? because the earth brings forth fruit of herself it doesn't require you that's the difference now you can look at an orchard as an example And an orchard that is tended by an Adamite man will be more vigorous and more fruitful than a wild fruit tree that grows on its own, for example. My point with this is, a wild apple tree will bring forth 20 apples. And they're small, and they're crab apples, and they're worthless. But an apple tree in a vineyard, or in an orchard that is tended to by man, that cuts out the dead wood, that... Pitch and dung the base of those trees the way Yahweh God instructs us to do will bring forth tenfold more so than it will automatically or automated in the Greek like we read here. The earth will bring forth fruit of itself automatically but Adam-man can cause that harvest to increase either way, good or bad. And therefore the end of this eon, the end of this era is considered to be what? Harvest, And in the parable of the tears and the wheat, the angels are the reapers that are sent. Therefore, Yahshua says, when the fruit is brought forth immediately, He, Yahweh God, puts in the sickle through His angels, His proverbial right and left hands, from the four corners of the earth, correct? North, south, west, and east? In fulfillment of Obadiah chapter 1, verse 18... Every tree that Yahweh God did not plant will be burned. Every rudiment and all things that do offend. Offend from what? It's very simple. The initial state of Eden, the way Yahweh God created it. And now, for thousands of years, we have had man, umbilical cord to umbilical cord, in every successive generation warring for land, fencing land, saying, this part of land is mine, this is mine when all of it belongs to Yahweh God, and that is what separates the tares from the wheat, you and I understand that the battle is here in the field. And that our commander-in-chief, if you will, is Yahshua, who leads those saints. But the natural world will only understand those things that are natural. And as a side note, let me interject. This is why those that are devoid of the Spirit come in and will pervert nine times out of ten those things that are naturally created of Yahweh God and turn it into a vice. So remember that. It is natural for you to want to serve Yahweh God. Why? We are created to do that. It is unnatural to sit in your chair night after night watching television and to do things that do not advance the kingdom, that will not gain you entrance within the kingdom, correct? Correct. That is why I began in the 21st statement of Thomas. Because in Yahshua teaching this to Thomas and the way that the Apostle Thomas transcribed it, he goes directly afterward into saying that no man can steal from a strong man or a watcher. You don't even need to be particularly strong. You just need to be sober or diligent, watching Always. Why? Because our adversary, the devil, walks around seeking whom he may devour. And thus it stands in the parable of the mustard seed, the parable of the seed that we discuss today, and many others. It is Yahshua who teaches that the devil will come and take that seed, or the word of God, that is sowed within the hearts of men and women, and proverbially destroy it. So do not allow it. Him to do that. Keep a watchful eye. That is how. Notice as many times as Yahshua says, let him who have eyes see and him who have ears hear. There's a reason for it. Because the moment you stop watching, the moment you stop being sober-minded, watching for the tactics and the ploys of the devil, is the moment that the devil has overcome you. So a true disciple is what? Point one Somebody who is looking forward to and hastening the day of Yahweh God. Number two, they are smart enough to defend themselves when a thief comes in. Whether it's to come in and steal their food for the month from their children or to steal the bread of life, the word of God. A disciple is somebody who will put a difference between the false and the genuine and usually rebuke the false prophet. And so it stands. The kingdom of heaven is equated to the disciples in the parable of the seed. Because the disciples comprise the kingdom of Yahweh God. Not only that, the disciples comprise the body or the ecclesia of Yahshua. Therefore, it is common sense that the head of the body is Yahshua. That the head of Yahshua is Yahweh God. And you can put a difference between the tares and the wheat, based on that alone. In short, a genuine Christian will do all things for Yahweh God because he knows he's living on borrowed time and that this life is just a fleeting moment. And he better do all the good that he can because he will never pass this way again. The false, however, are those who come in and say, you know what, I want to have the most toys when I die. I want to have the most money now. And they don't mind stepping on people As they climb that quote-unquote proverbial ladder of success within the world. Not Jacob's ladder to the kingdom, but a ladder of corporate bullshit that will end them up outside the kingdom. Why? Because they did not desire it in life. What you can take from the parable of the seed is you must grow. Yeshua gives these parables by saying, hey, this seed grew a little bit and then it withered back. This seed couldn't grow because it didn't get light or it was choked out by thorns. And all of these references pertaining to seed deal with the sperma of Yahshua, or Yahweh God Himself. The children of Yahweh. But notice also, what is not said is what happens to those seeds that don't grow at all. <laughs> It's better to have grown a little bit and wither back perhaps than never to have grown at all. Because if a seed is cast out and that seed does not grow and it does not take root, it ultimately turns back to dust. Meaning, just like scripture says, it will die the second death. While life is within the seed, it will ultimately die as well. So, the purpose of your life here, dear Kinsfolk, is to serve Yahweh God. That should be common sense. To watch so that you are not deceived by the false prophet, and also to do everything you can do so that the seed of Yahweh God, that's you and I, remember, the fruit of the womb is Yahweh's inheritance, will continue to grow until the appropriate time, should the Lord tarry. And so, until next time, this is Pastor Visser from Brooks, Georgia and the Covenant People's Church, wishing you and your entire family great studies, war for Christ. Amen.
0: Covenant People's Ministry! Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you have enjoyed studying with us. Remember the words that Christ has given, that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We hope that you will gather together with us at the online ministry's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.com, and share your Christian testimonies or ask questions and enjoy biblical fellowship. You can also order CDs of Pastor Visser's Bible Studies and enjoy many other Christian resources through the church's website or write to Covenant Peoples Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. We thank you for your prayers and offerings and pray that all of you have been touched by these messages and continue to spread the word of the gospel with your friends and family. Thanks again and may the love of Christ abide in you and yours forever and ever. Amen.